When World War III erupts on American soil, it is up to some less-than-likely heroes to band together and stand tall against any and all comers as a once-proud nation is brought to her knees. Cowardly terrorist attack and indifferent global communities have isolated America as she spirals into a desperate bid for survival. Follow Darlene Bobbish and her group on the West Coast, along with Michael Talbot on the East Coast, as they do everything in their power to thwart those that would take everything that they and all of us are away. In United States of Apocalypse, books one, two, and three, this is the Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. All right, we are here. United States of Apocalypse, books one, two, and three. We're just going to binge through all three of them because technically... It doesn't need to be three shows. I'm sorry to say. Right off the bat, I'm going to say full disclosure. If this was just Mark that did this story and it was just the Mike and BT stuff, I would have been happy. This could have been one story, just the Mike and D BT parts where they meet Tracy and everybody else and leave his cousin, bring his cousin into the fold, but don't do this separate story. I I don't think Mark works well, not saying plays well with others, but I like his solo stories better. I like him better as a solo artist than as a, a, a boy band, you know, in a, in a group. Yeah. I like John O'Brien. I like what he did with Shrouded World and the two interacted together. This story, they didn't interact at all. The two stories did not overlap and you even wait to the end in this in here do they come together? They do on Mike's side, on Mark's side, but on Armin's uh-huh. side, he's still doing the the the, the hillbilly stuff, you know, out there. Uh-huh. So that got confusing for me. So I think that's why a lot of people were waiting for asking if there's going to be a book four. And Mark's like, there will be no book four. I'm like, which okay. I mean, at this at this point, after reading all three of them, I'm not mad that there's not going to be a book four because I was like. I'm not gonna lie. I had to re- reread like the last uh, two chapters like three times because I kept like checking out. Like <laughs> me too. Because <laughs> I'm like this. Like I feel like it was set up to be a climax, and then yeah. it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is going on? So yeah, it just kind of ends. It just kind of ends. So yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> Reading this story now with what is going on in the world scares the ever-loving piss out of me. When I first read Zombie Fallout, it was just as COVID was hitting. And they're like, there's a vaccine that turns everyone into zombies. And I went, what? What, what is going on here? What am I going to go get a shot for so I can fly to Las Vegas for my wife's f- birthday? Like, what are we doing? But mm-hmm, I did mm-hmm. it. And now I'm reading this and like China, North Korea, and Russia all simultaneously attack the U.S. So it's like all of our enemies have been conspiracizing, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. to attack the U.S. And it opens up with on uh, Yellowstone Park where the park ranger gets killed early in the morning because terrorists are coming through and they're setting up a nuclear bomb at Yellowstone. Now, Mm a lot of you don't know about Yellowstone and what it is, on top of it being a great show that Kevin Costner stars in, Yellowstone is an actual active volcano in the U.S., but it's under the ground. That's where all that heat and steam and all of the hot springs and stuff comes from, from Yellowstone. And it is rumored that if that thing blows, say goodbye to half of the United States because it's a super volcano. 
And the only thing keeping it from doing all that is the fact that it's vented and it, it looks cool and it's a great tourist attraction. But if that thing goes, forget about it, you know? And we saw that in 2012, uh, the John Cusack movie where Woody Harrelson is out there and it, that, that's what happens. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. the truth. That will happen. We will go into nuclear winter if that does blow up. And we might get a little bit in conspiracy theories in this episode and who knows what's going to happen. And, you know, anything that we say isn't truth and just our opinions. So, you know, I'll put a disclaimer yes. at the beginning. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is just two people having fun with the story. So that's all it is. That's all it is. <laughs> what do you, what were your thoughts when you when when you first saw that and you were like, oh, this is what's happening? Uh it was very interesting because I feel like um I liked it. It it, it kicked off fast. Like mm -hmm. again, it was kind of like ZS, like it it in Indian Hill, like it kicked off really, really fast. Um I think I was a little um I think I was a little uh uh shaken i guess in the beginning because it starts off with uh his cousin's story mm -hmm. and i was like who the hell is she like who is this character you yeah. know driving through and then when i think and i don't think you even know her last name is talbot and i think that kind of got me interested in her story a little bit more um once you found that out but i think that um the beginning of the story was really good and i like how fast everything kind of jumped in there and um i like that she had her like she kind of had her wits about her like she wasn't the one thing that always annoys me with apocalypse shows and stuff is when people just act stupid. They're like, oh, the government's going to help. Oh, no, we need to take our time <laughs> and make sure we help thy neighbor. Like, nah, like, the, like I love the fact that she was in a small town. The, mm -hmm. the, the shop owner was like, come to the crib. Wife is going to cook for you guys. We're good. Like, board up the house. I got a farm with 18 sheds over here. Like, we're good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've, yeah, been waiting. I've been waiting for this day. I've been waiting for this day. Yeah. <laughs> Herbert was the old uh the old marine that owned the gas station that she stopped at cuz she's traveling. Her, find out that a little bit her backstory. Her father passed away up in Maine, kind of a giveaway. Mm -hmm. Uh she travels the country to try to find herself. Her father was her best friend and she's driving through the middle of California. Everybody thinks California is like New York, you know. Unless you're in LA or San Francisco or San Diego, the rest of California is like upstate New York. It's a lot of farmlands. It's a lot of just nothing until you hit the major cities. So Chico, California, where she's in, is in the middle of nowhere. It's one of those desolate highways, kind of if you're driving Route 66 out in Arizona or if you're driving from Vegas to the Grand Canyon, there's really nothing around. It's a, it's a town with you know 2,000, a population of about 2,000 people. And it's, you know, Herbert Brinker and his wife, Phoebes, uh, he owns the gas station. Uh, the, 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 the woman, I'm drawing a blank on her name right now. Cause I just, the, I, was, I couldn't remember Phoebes. The name. Wife? No, the, 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 the cousin, Mike's cousin, the other girl. Why am I drawing a blank? I'm exactly <laughs> Darlene. Okay. There Darlene, it is. Darlene. Darlene. She's traveling and she ends up stopping at the gas station. Yeah, exactly. Uh, stops, stops at the gas station. Herbert sees that she's tired. Nice, friendly old man. You're thinking, eh, what's going on? She decides she's not going to spend the night and stay. He offers her a place that, you know, my wife's cooking. Come stay. You're tired. There's no motels. There's no restaurants. She's going to drive up the highway a little more. And that's what she hears on the radio, that the shit has hit the fan. Yosemite's been attacked. The world is going to hell. So she does a U-turn and heads back to Herbert's, tells him what's going on. And this is kind of where the story begins. Herbert uh -huh. shuts down the gas station, brings Darlene with him back to his house, uh, introduce him to Phoebes. 
We find John there with his wife. They were travelers that were passing through and they're kind of like the local B B and B where they just take in weary travelers. Um, (laughs) John's wife is jealous of Darlene because she looks like a girl that John cheated on her with. And they did this cross country trip to try to save the marriage. So they end up leaving and Darlene is at the house with Herbert and Phoebe's and the world is starting to implode around them. They find out that Yosemite has been a nuclear bomb has gone off in Yosemite. And then that Boston has been nuked and everything around them is just gone. It's a two part story. The way the book is done. Uh, Mark does his part with Mike and BT in New York. And Armin does his part with Darlene out in Chico, California. And I think the whole purpose of the book was to get to a point where they meet in the middle. We don't find out that Darlene is his cousin until like the second book. She keeps saying my cousin, my cousin. But then in the second book, you hear my cousin on the Talbot side. And you're like, oh, light bulb. That's, Here's where they are. Now, yeah. Now I'm interested in you, Darlene. What's going on? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but this story finds out this is where Mike meets BT. We got a 20 something Mike that is running numbers for the mob in New York. And Mike's whole story starts with BT chasing him. And I was kind of <laughs> taken back like, what? Well, BT's chasing Mike. What's going on? BT's a cop in New York, in New York City. Mike is a criminal, and BT is one of those hard ass by the book. I'm a cop. You broke the law. You got to go to jail no matter what. And as BT's bringing Mike to jail, some stuff goes on. Some bombs go off, but BT doesn't care. He's going to bring Mike to jail. And I kind of wasn't cool on BT at first. With this whole, I'm by the book, you're a criminal. Mm-hmm. I know we possibly just might have another 9-11 on, my, on our hands, but I'm going to bring you to jail anyway and lock you in a cage because I did my job. Uh, yeah, that was really annoying. Like, I feel like, <laughs> bro, you're, you're a cop. You don't make enough to care until you find out his wife is the doctor and he's living his best life right now. So I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. But like, I'm like, come on. Like, I, I, I get the integrity part, love that for you, but I'm like, come on, like you can't trap me, like you're a whole, like you can't trap me in a in a building, like there was no escape. It reminded me of um the beginning of the one Resident Evil movie where Mike Epps is at the um police station, he's handcuffed and like there's like a zombie next to him, and he's like, yo man, help me with help me with her, like yeah. he's like trying to break. So it's like you can't put people in that situation at that point. When you should just let everybody go, let everybody right. send for the self. Like, I mean, come on. I think that was like that was kind of scary because I'm like, how is Mike going to escape from jail? Right at this point, and the you know shit's I mean? hitting the fan. It's it's not zombies that are. It, Mike finds himself in the situation where it's not zombies he's got to deal with, but it's everybody else. It's normal everyday humans fighting against each other, and the lines get drawn, and the criminals, and I hate to say it, but this is probably what would happen. If this country was ever attacked and if it was the shit was ever hitting the fan and the government kind of broke down, I think the criminal element would rise up to try to get what's theirs. It's, you know, you see it all the time when stuff goes bad, there's mass spread looting and and everything like that. They show the bad, the worst of humanity comes out sometimes in a tragedy with the exception of maybe 9-11 where people all came together at that point. I think if something like this happens, you're going to see some shit go down that you're not going to be ready for. Of course, because the first thing that happens, I mean, you got to think about it. Not many people have enough food to last them a week. 
It's so survival. Have Everybody goes into survival mode. You know, except for the idiots that grab TVs, like stop. But right. everything else besides that, like, why are you why are you running out of Walmart with a sixty yeah. two inch TV, but no but hot pockets in your refrigerator? Like, what are we doing? And you but, got no um, and you got no power. So unless you're grabbing a generator on the way home, that TV is useless for you. Pointless, pointless. But there's always <laughs> going to be a couple few. But yeah, okay. like I think people go people go straight into panic. Um, I think one of my favorite apocalypse movies was uh, uh, uh World War Z. And nope. like the fr- like the first thing they did was they had to get the- they had to get medicine for the daughter because they they didn't have it with them. Mm-hmm. So it's like they go to the place, but again, you see the worst of humanity yeah. because you even see a cop grabbing baby formula and then booking it. And but then you see two people that are about to like assault his wife and daughter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how- like that's people's mentality when the world goes to shit. You know what I mean? So it's it's scary. It's really really scary. Like there's yeah, I don't get how when there's mass panic, your first instinct is to rape somebody. That makes zero sense to me. I mean, zero sense to me why you want to do that anyway, even without an apocalypse. But in an apocalypse situation, you know, grab the essentials, hunker down, do what you got to do. And a lot of people didn't in this story. And you find out out in California in Darlene's story that there's the Sawyer family and, you know, it's the Hatfields and McCoys and they're fighting back and forth Mm -hmm. in this age old generational that goes back to, Herbert's grandfather of high school, some BS over who dated who in high school. And the the two families have been at war ever since. And you're like, really, this is what you're focusing your attention on people. But that happens. I I haven't seen it happen around here, but I'm guessing out there or down in the South, there are family feuds that go on like that. That's kind of crazy. I could imagine that too, but I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't imagine being part of that. Like no. I'm just like y'all need to calm down. Like can't nobody get the story straight. Every Thanksgiving we're telling a different story. Like we should just let this go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like in all honesty, they could have been like. And, and I think that's always the part. Like I think me logically outside looking in because I'm not in the middle of all the stuff going down. I'm like y'all could have all banded together and been a real strong fighting force. But because of like you know, it, I think it's like the Sawyer name, you know, you got to make sure you provide this, like you got to survive the Sawyer name and make sure that it's like, you know, be proud of it. I'm a Sawyer. I'm like, that's stupid. Like we're in the apocalypse now, sir. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, get over it. I love Herbert's like sister. She's the, uh, the new age <laughs> hippy dippy chick that makes all her own vegan food. And the government is going to come in and save us. Don't worry about it. So she ends up calling Herbert to say, I'm coming over. We don't have any power. I'm bringing me and my my twin boys, uh, twin 10-year-old boys. And Herbert's just like, crap, my sister's coming. Yeah, yeah. I, again, I think you're going to have loons like that who just can't really survive what's going on, what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I think the funniest part is that her kids look so malnourished. Like, they just... They're, they're basically little zombies because they, they don't have enough protein in the system. Yeah, you know, she, she, he tells her to bring, bring your, bring the essentials, you know, stock up your car with canned goods and water and anything you can bring. And she brings Tupperware of fresh vegan food to put in the refrigerator. And she's already barking orders. You know, I need three shelves in the refrigerator and I need this and that. And, you know, in two weeks, you're going to be wanting my food, but your food isn't going to last in and canned goods are gross in themselves for the most part. It's, they're very salty, but they're, they're meant to last forever in an apocalypse. Yeah. 
it's a bad time to be a vegan during the apocalypse. You know, that's that's a bad idea at that point. Unless you're going to live off of water. Yeah, well, I don't go out in the back and pick plants and crops, but yeah, that's it. Kinda... At that point, like <laughs> at that point, you're gonna have to give up your dietary restrictions unless you know how to like forage for your own food. If you yeah. know how to forage, all for, all for it, like all for it, sis. But uh, you know, at this point, you just have to eat what you got. Yep, exactly. So, so Mike throws BT in jail. Uh, it's a couple of weeks, and when BT finally comes to take Mike to court, thinking that there's still going to be court. The world's going to hell. Mike is like, dude, do you not see what's going on out there? I can hear it from my cell. I don't know what's exactly happening on the world, but BT's like, it's not my problem. You broke the law. You got to go to court. So while BT's bringing Mike to court, they get into an accident and BT is trapped in his car between the steering wheel and the, 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 the seat. And mm-hmm. Mike has to try to get him out of the car because it's catching on fire. And, you kind of have that flashback to Indian Hill where you think here's another situation in the timeline where Mike is in a situation in, a, in the back seat of a car or in a car, excuse me, because he was in the front seat and he got thrown out. He's in the car and the car has gotten to an accident. It's crushed into something and he has to try to save somebody who wants nothing to do with saving him, but just getting him to the courthouse. So Mike is trying to get BT out and he thinks to himself, shit, I got to help this cop, but he sees two gangbangers coming down the street, uh, the D street boys or the D D street demons. And they're looking, they see the cop car and they're eyeballing BT's shotgun in the front seat. And Mike's like, Oh no, you don't. So Mike goes to get, Mm -hmm. stops the crime from happening, stops him from getting BT and Mike's going to take off. But then he sees the car set on fire and he's like, crap, I can't let this cop burn. So he Mike drags BT out of the car and he talks about a story how he did this with his friends uh that he pulled his friend out you know he's having a flashback and bt realizes what happens afterwards and says wait did you pull me out of that car holy crap okay are we best friends now you just saved my life you know <laughs> we're yeah, uh, he's like fuck i owe a criminal now god damn it i guess you're not too bad yeah you know and Mike's whole thing was, I'm not a bad criminal. I just run numbers to survive. He's not a, a thief. He's not a, a murderer. In the eyes of the mob, in the mob world, running numbers is probably the the the, the least um the least amount of bad that you can do. Yeah, it's like literally mob. bottom of the barrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you're good with math, you know, which everybody should be good with math. So, but Mike has already saved BT's life twice. Um, in this story, and it's not even like a quarter of the way through. So by Star Wars law, BT now owes Mike a life debt, and and Mike is Han Solo, and BT is Chewbacca, is how this works out to be, <laughs> where he's just got up, all right, you saved my life, I owe you a life debt, you know, let's go home and and, and you can you can stay with me, which I thought was hilarious, because BT just wants to get to Florida, he knows the shit's hitting the fan, because they see the giant TV's in Times Square saying that Yosemite was bombed. Uh, the world is under attack. We don't know what's going on yet. BT wants to get to Florida to be with Linda to see his wife and tells Mike, listen, you can stay in my house tonight, but tomorrow you got to leave. Grab some supplies and some food. There's a stray cat that comes around, feed it, and then get out of my house. So Mike is in, yeah. Yeah, Mike's in BT's swanky posh. I'm a doctor. You know, My wife's a doctor. I'm a cop. 
type of neighborhood in the, the, the cul-de-sac with the HOA, you know, breathing down his neck, like, who are you in the Tynes' yeah. house, so to speak? Yeah. You know, it's, it was funny. I love it when he says, I'm his, I'm his cousin on his mother's side. <laughs> I really liked, I, I felt like, um, I think I was really like disappointed yet again, because there hasn't been a story where BT and Linda are together during like whatever downfall happens. And I'm mm-hmm. like, damn it again. I'm like, again, but at least in this one, it was supposed that she was okay. Yeah. She was in some kind of refugee camp or whatever. She wasn't the, the utter biatch that she ended up being in devil's desk. Devil's desk. Devil's- yeah. Yeah. Or a zombie <laughs> that she wasn't ZF. Was she a do- Yeah. Was she- oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. There's so much about zombie fallout that I have forgotten about that I'm excited be nice that I'm excited that we're starting to do this again, that we can get back into it because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm zombies all day, every day, but, you know, trying to binge listen to these books three or two or three times, you know, in a week is, is a lot. <laughs> so it doesn't yeah, get much get for, for anything else. So I get that. I get that. Um, I did. I did. I think again, I was, I love BT's loyalty towards Linda. Like I got to get down there or whatever. But Mm -hmm. I think like the fact that Mike, I think it was very helpful that Mike was very street smart because he's literally telling BT like, bro, you're not going to make it down there. Like you are a New York city cop. You're not a captain. You're not in the military like this. You have, you know, even like a statey or nothing. You're just, you're a New York city cop. You're a ground pounder. Like, there's nothing special about you. Like, they're not going to let you on a plane to go get to your wife. Like, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I feel like BT was like, "Now nah, I'm still going to try. Which, I love that for you. But again, that's I think that's like, that's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. You know? And then, um, but I do like the fact that Mike, Mike just like, he just hung out and relaxed. And <laughs> he needed it. Yeah. <laughs> he needed it for what's coming up. Yep. And I love that he calls the, the cat is like, it's just this giant ball of fur. That's a stray that somehow gets into the house and ends up mm-hmm. sleeping in the bed with Mike. Uh, and Mike calls the cats, the, 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 the guardians of the underworld, which until I read like and followed, I didn't know what, I didn't pick up on that reference. I love how Mark drops Easter eggs in all of his stories. Yeah. Yeah. Cause once you finally get yeah. around to listening to everything, you're like, Oh, that's from that. Oh, that's from that. He mentioned that and that. I know what this means now, but I didn't have any clue what that was before. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even like just to tap on that just a little bit, I'm rereading one of the books. And then when Azil gives birth and Mike goes through, he um, kind of rolls through all of his timelines and he um, mm-hmm. sees a Jandalin dying yeah. at birth. It hits you different if you read spirit cleaning. It doesn't hit you as hard if you never read it. Like it hits different. When you read yeah, you know what the, you know what that whole reference meant. So yeah, it hits different. Big time, big time. Yes, yes. Um, so Mike and BT they're, they're running out of food. They realize that mm-hmm. they're they're not going to do it. And BT says, "I know where the National Guard Armory is. I know where they keep all of their food." We need, but we're going to need an army to get in there. So Mike and BT hook up with Mike's old gang leader, Pembroke, who is now yeah. calling himself the Lord of New York. And they're going to go to the National Guard Armory and rob it and steal all of the MREs, all of the food and everything else. Because the government has kind of been non-existent for a while. They tried for a little bit. But while you're out there on the streets trying to protect people, you get the bad people that are like, it's open season on cops. It's open season on military. 
the bad element comes up in not only are we fighting with the bad people, the, the, the Russians, the Chinese and the North Koreans, they're now fighting with each other, which mm -hmm. all kind of, you know, comes around and goes away eventually, but they end up doing that. Mike gets into the whole place where the, the national guard is and sees that it's not just army guys that deserted them and are all hunkering down. He sees women and children. And he also sees a very pretty redhead teaching to the students in the, some of the kids, mm -hmm. which is Tracy and Tracy makes mm -hmm. her appearance in this book, Lieutenant Yance or Yance or whatever her name is. And I thought no, this she... part was great when she's reading to the kids. And one of the kids goes, so the progerians are the ruling class. You just pick up that last little bit. And Mike's walking through it. I'm like, I know what that means. Finally. I loved it. I loved it so much. I loved it so much. Like, I was like, yeah, that's so fucking great. But so what story great. are they teaching them? Like, what is, because the two timelines don't intersect. So, and I know again, that's just another silly little Easter egg that he has in there, but I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? What, what story is she telling them? Is this a fiction story or is well, it can't be a real story? Ooh. ooh. Ooh, Easter egg in ZF. Yes. Um, Mike and somebody else are in a uh, somebody's house, like an old couple's house. Mm -hmm. And Indian Hill is a book that's on their desk. I wonder if it's just happens. Indian Hill just happens to be a book that floats around in the universes, except for the one that Indian Hill's in. Could be one of those stories <laughs> that they have, I bet. It could yeah. be. Oh, God, I just love it. Oh. That's great. So Mike ends up telling the 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 base commander what is happening and they're going to betray the mob hey the puppies here they're going to betray the mob because it's not just army guys that are going to get killed it's women and children and you know mike was yeah. against killing the arm the, the the military guys but they wanted food and pembroke was we're not going for some of it we're going for all of it because pembroke wants to be the lord of new york yeah um and so I think, they i think it I'm sorry. No, I, think, I think again, I think again, this shows Mike's integrity. You yep. know what I mean? Like he, re like he really could have just been like in the background. Like it is what it is at this point. But I, I, again, it shows the type of guy that Mike is. You know yeah, what he's I mean? Got a, he's got a conscience. Yeah. He wants to do the right thing. He just happens to fall into the wrong situation. Mm -hmm. A lot. And a lot of it's by his choice, but you know, we all make those choices in our life. This Mike in this timeline has made those decisions. So he ends up, you know, bringing BT with him. He tells the commander, you know, here's the deal. These guys are down there. They're going to rob everything. Let me go back down and we'll, we'll, we'll hijack them attack. We'll, we'll, we'll stop it. But me and BT need to go free. And he's like, no, you're not going free. You broke into our base. He says, well, I'll come to jail. Let BT go free. Let officer Tynes go free. And that's where you realize, wow, Mike is going to give himself up to let a cop go who he just technically kind of met personally. He's been chased by him. He's been arrested by him before, but now he's become friends with him. He's going to yeah. let him go. You know, he's going to sacrifice himself. And I thought about that for a little bit. It's like, does he just want to be on the base because he wants to get close to the cute redhead? Or is he actually doing it because he wants BT to go, you know, He's just, he, he's being selfless and going to give himself up for it. And I think it's kind of twofold where he wants to stay because of Tracy. He doesn't know her name's Tracy just yet and let BT go. So BT can go find his wife. You know, Mike finds love in the apocalypse as only Mike can. 
Yeah, yeah. And I also think that um I think that he also feels like he kind of got BT in the situation. Like it, at first it was a semi good plan, but then it's like, uh crap. Like I got this guy, like now I got this. And like at first it was just a, a petty little mob boss, but now he's saying he's the lord of New York. It's like, oh yeah, I I I screwed this up. And he yeah. takes accountability <laughs> for his he takes accountability for his fuck up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Not but people would get like that, you know, and I think it's even hilarious that even before I think when this book was written, was this 2016 or 15 when this book came out? I, I don't quite remember, but Pembroke, the Lord of New York ends up moving into Trump tower in Manhattan. Good building to choose. Good building yeah. to choose. Which I thought was just, you know, frigging hilarious given all the shit that's happened with Trump. And, you know, we, either way, how you feel about him. It's just, I just thought it was great that, you know, Trump's a pompous asshole. He's always been a pompous asshole. That's just the way, that's just his character. And that's why either you love him or you hate him. But Pembroke moving into the penthouse of Trump tower was just like, it shows you what type of guy is. Oh, perfect. You know, and ends up kicking all the residents out nicely. And then some of them are asked, you know, to leave not so nicely if they didn't want to leave because, in this situation, and even in BT's neighborhood, you got those people that are, we're fine. We have money. The government will come save us. Don't worry about it. You know, we'll just continue living our lives. And you're a bad person. You can't come on my property. Uh, I'm protected. You know, and it's, you know, when this happens, a good, you know, swift kick in the face isn't going to go as as well as you think it is because the criminal element is not going to stop. And the cops ain't coming to save you. And, you know, the guy in, 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 in that lives next door to BT finds that out the hard way when the D street demons come are going neighborhood to neighborhood, just ranting and looting away. And they come to BT's neighborhood one night and he goes out to confront them and tell them that they're not welcome. They have to leave. It's like, dude, you get like 30 guys on motorcycles and you're going out there and your slippers and your Hugh Hefner robe to yell at them. These are not your college students that are partying on a Saturday night, bro. This is the right. apocalypse and you're not intimidating anymore. Right. Like that is just like, oh man, I think, and I, and I feel like, again, that was like Mike's, uh, his perspective was needed. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Even BT, even BT, the fact that he's a cop, I get it, but there's a different level. Like even where you're from, Jeff, like your perspective on life is way different than my perspective on life. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's just, who we are. And I think the fact that I think finally when BT was like, just really listening to Mike and what was going on, even the little community over there, when mm-hmm. they were listening to Mike and actually realizing what was going on, shit started progressing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like at first it's like, damn, Mike, you shot him. He was going to get shot anyway. Like yep. I just, I beat him to it. Like that was what was going to happen. And none of y'all saw it. Yeah. You could have talked to him. No, you couldn't. What? Yeah, there's no time. It shoot what? first in that situation, unfortunately. And it, it's yeah. sad that that's the way that situation has to be. And it would be like that. But he did what had to be done. And once again, Mike saves the day. I'm telling you, know? you, I couldn't make friends in an apocalypse. Like, they'd have to be people I already know. Mm-hmm. I can't trust you. I don't know your life. No, I just, I'm completely untrustworthy. And that's the thing. There's so many people that they meet and that Darlene meet that you're not sure. Is this a good person? Is this a bad person? Is this a person that just, you know, just is going to kill me and steal my stuff because it's survival of the fittest now, or is this somebody who's legit in trouble 
that I can hook up with and I can, you know, build an alliance with. And you find that out when they bring a bunch of people back to the farm, uh, when they end up meeting uh, T out in town, Herbert and Darlene, when they're going around town trying to find people, T ends up coming to them and T's a double agent. You know, T is Tom Sawyer and he ends up, uh, you know, hitting Darlene off of the, 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 the lookout canopy saying, my name's Tom Sawyer and I'm one of the Sawyer brothers. And, you know, he ends up burning down one of the barns and ends up killing a guy. And, but you think that he's somebody that was nice. You don't realize who in a situation like this. And I like this about this book because you don't realize who is an enemy and who is a friend. And you got to try to think to yourself, is this a good person? Is this a bad person? Let me continue reading because I want to find out what is going to happen. And it, it was it's just always great. a problem. Yeah, it, it is really great. Like, and I just like that's like for me, I'm telling you, like the um I forget what show I was watching. Oh, like uh shit, look at The Walking Dead. Like, how many initiations did people have to go through before they were allowed in like with the populace, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, I don't know you, bro. Like we're, we're out here fighting zombies. I don't know what you're about. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, 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 it's different. You're not meeting a stranger at a bar. You know what I mean? Everybody here is trying to survive. Yeah. And there's no law. That's the downside of, of all of this, you know, and it's, it's similar yeah. to the zombie apocalypse where it really is. It's, it's everybody's out for themselves. I love that he brought Mrs. That this is where we meet Mrs. Benelli for the first time. Oh, yes, I was, she was an, hilarious. another one of those audible gasps where Mike's with the military. Now they kind of indoctrinate Mike yeah. into the mili- military um, and they're, they're in the Bronx or they're doing whatever. And they're, they're, they're running it. They're trying to do something. And an old woman takes a shot at Mike from the window and he thinks, you know, Hey, I'm a good guy, American. And she says, <laughs> prove it. You know, who won the 54 world series? Says, I wasn't born then. Who's got the best pizza in New York? And, you know, he says Botticano's or wh- whatever the name of the place is. She's like, no, it's Napoli's, you know, or Napoli's yeah, or yeah. whatever it is. It's like, oh, that's great. That's typical New York banter, you know, like who's got the uh-huh. best pizza? Who's got the best sandwich? Go down to Vinny's, you know, that kind of thing. And Mrs. Benelli ends up being the Mrs. Benelli from Devil's Desk that is the feisty old lady that needs help getting up in a truck, but she'll smack you in the face afterwards for thinking that you were looking underneath her skirt or something like that, because she's that old school Italian lady. And Mike's for some reason feels compelled to have to save her a couple of times. Yep. You know, and like the whole almost, almost with, gets left. Yeah. With uh Lieutenant uh, Hindenbaker, who's they're on a convoy starting to leave. And I uh, find out this out in book two and Mrs. Benelli's in the bathroom and he's like, we can't leave. Where's, where's the old lady? Where's Mrs. Benelli? And Mike goes looking for her and like, you got two minutes or we're leaving without you. And Mike leaves the safety of the convoy to go save a little old lady because he doesn't want her to get left behind a little old That's lady who treats him like shit. <laughs> I think he's a glutton for punishment. I think, I think Mike in every dimension is a glutton for punishment. Yeah, he. I think he wants to do the right thing in every story, but bad things happen to him. But no matter what, he ends up just trying to do the right thing. And it comes back to, and we're going to find out when we start doing ZF, that Dino, you know, I, I think, think Dino. 
Mike is like Batman and Dino is the Joker. And Joker, through all oh, of it, dang. it's it's you know what? And and and, and uh, Batman says it to the Joker in um, I think it's at the end of the Dark Knight, uh, Dark Knight Returns, uh, one of the animated ones in the comic book that uh, what's it, uh, Mr. Miller did, and he says, you know what? Through all of this, after everything you've done, I still would have saved you, because that's his character. He made an oath not to kill. Granted. Mike isn't Batman because Mike has killed many, many, many a person. But mm -hmm. no matter how bad the person is, if he feels that they they need some kind of retribution or they need saving, he still wants to save them because that's his character. That's the way he is. And I think that's why we love Mike as a character so much. Yes, I would agree. I would agree with that. And it's it's. You know, even sometimes it's frustrating. You know what I mean? Like, I think uh, there are times where he will absolutely leave somebody if they're, like, clearly a lost cause. Mm -hmm. But, like, it is, it is. god damn, how many He even says it. How many times did he let Dino go? You know, did he help her out where he could just could have just fucking left her? And yep. it's like nothing in my body is like, why the hell? <laughs> Spoiler, did you save her from that fucking ape? Yeah. Like why? <laughs> like you didn't have to do that. <laughs> yep. She just, just pulled the fingers off and, and and ate them like like French fries. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't like, and I think, and that's just literally at the core, like the type of guy that the type of guy that he is. Like, I wouldn't say he's a nice guy, but he wouldn't just let anybody die. He's an mm -hmm. asshole. Absolutely, yeah, he's, he's an asshole with the conscience. Absolutely, which is a very uh, delicate uh, balance, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I love the scene when uh, the military's out on their, the, the convoy is, 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 is going through the thing and they end up stopping for the night. They find a, a bed bug and beyond little motel that they end up stopping bed at. Bug. Bed bug and beyond. Yes. Uh, you know, it's a day's in, but you know, not all days in have bed bugs. It's just Mike makes the comment of, you know, I hope this place doesn't have bed bugs, you know, and there's all these other people that are staying there. And there's that one college professor that is, we don't want your warmongering military here. You're the whole reason why this happened. And if it wasn't for our military, nobody would hurt us. And Mike's like, F you. If it wasn't for yeah, the military, bro, you'd all be speaking German, Japanese, French, or Russian, or whatever, you know, would have happened years ago, would have come through. And it's that age old debate of, you don't want the military. Mm -hmm. You don't want you don't want war, but you got to be ready for it, no matter what. And it's and it sucks, and it's a hard line to tote. And there are people that just want war, no matter what, because war is good for business. Politicians make money, whether they're not supposed to, but politician friends get kickbacks because they're in construction companies or because they're in. Uh, you know, manufacturing or they're into weapons or they make uniforms or whatever it is. War is good for business. And it's a horrible, shitty thing to say. And it's a horrible, shitty world what that is. And that one college professor that's up in the up in the hotel that Mike says, you know, let me go talk to him. I'll be diplomatic and I'll talk to him, which was one of the I think one of the best scenes in all of book two. Yeah, I don't know why anybody believes him. <laughs> nobody should have believed it but again like it's it's like huh, i 
I don't feel, I don't feel like I would trust the government, but person just from my experience, mm-hmm. I would trust the military. Like if they're if they're a separate convoy outside of like direct instructions, I would I would I would I would um I would uh, uh trust them just because um like you know I'm ex military, I have a best friend that's in the military, and there's like a certain like uh they're just trying to survive right now. Like yeah. it's not like they're they're literally just like they're pawns in the greater scheme. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If they're not ordered to kill you, just let them sleep in the damn thing. Like it's not that big of a deal right now. Like they're literally on a mission and they're doing that. That's what they're made to go do. So yeah. it's not like, you know, they're not, they're not to blame. Yeah. And he even says you know like, I mean? we're passing through for the night. And he's like, no, you're not staying here because you're going to bring the bad people. Like they have a magnet that they know that the military yeah. stay, the military staying at the bed bug and beyond on route five, go get them, you know? I'm so, if I was them, I'd be following behind the fucking convoy. Like I'm trying to follow the motherfuckers with guns and unlimited ammo. Like what are y'all doing? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. But it, it, we find out at kind of toward the end of book two that and I didn't even think about this until it happened that there are spies, Russian spies, in our own military. And I feel like, oh shit, that's right. There are sleeper cells all over the place and. There uh-huh. would be Russian spies. There would be Chinese spies. There would be North Korean, not North Korean spies, because you can't put them over here. Uh, but there would be spies implanted already for decades or years in our own military, in our own government, in our own CIA, that their one specific job is to infiltrate feedback information. And when like this happens, when it hits the fan, you're going to play both sides and you don't know. Now mm-hmm. it's, you don't know who to trust First you got the, the street element and now they raise the game and you, you got the military. You don't know who's who. And it finds out that Mike is traveling with eight or nine Russian spies that are in our military. Yeah. yeah. And you gotta think, you gotta think about it. I mean, it's not that hard to get some rank. Like it's really, it's really not like get some, yep. get some degrees underneath your belt, um, underneath your belt, and be a badass with a gun. You pretty much gonna, yeah. And they speak perfect English because they probably grew up in America, they've lived in America since they were kids. So it's they're the perfect spies, and you don't know who's who. And the crazy thing is, like, it's like you gotta, you gotta admit it. You have to admit it just a little bit. These other countries got a level of dedication that I have not seen in a movie yet. Oh, salt. Did you see salt? Did you see salt with Angelina yeah. Jolie? Yeah. Come on, man. Like they're come on. Like it's right. <laughs> I've never heard of an American spy that infiltrated the Russian army. Like I'm sorry. Too cold and over I'm there. Nobody wants to go over there. <laughs> Who would want to? That's no. crazy. But I'm just saying. So I think that, and again, it's like another. Oh my, it's like another contradiction. It's like now Mike, who's literally a street runner. Mm-hmm. Have to figure out if this Russian spy is trustworthy. Like, what is going on? Like, yeah. I was literally running numbers three weeks ago. Yeah, it's and, one... and, I, and I think that the timeline of the book is so short. Like, we're only two months in. Like, right. to me, that's crazy. Yeah, everybody, you don't know who to trust. Everybody's flip flopping. Uh, they've set off nuclear devices in Chicago now and California, California, um, and Boston, Boston in Yosemite. Yeah. Which surprisingly, yeah. Florida is fine. Everybody lives in Florida. You know, everybody's yeah. family's got family in Florida. BT's wife is in Florida. They're trying to get, yeah. I think, to Florida at this point. I, I figured they, Mark would have blown Florida up first. I would have thought so too. I mean, they got the they got some of the creepiest bugs out there. But um, 
uh, didn't they have uh, uh, didn't they block off the border from there? Uh, I'm not sure. They may have. I, I, I think they were blo- they were blocking up the border, like they were blocking up, like they were making it so that people couldn't come from like overseas or anything like that, or do any type of like uh, water travel or anything like that. Which I think, like again, was like a very strategic move. But also, you gotta think about it. Like, there's a lot of old people in Florida, so mm-hmm. yeah, they're not not it's not a not a big threat at not all. Big of a threat. But you got Cuba right there, and Cuba is a communist country. Facts. I would have swam over there. Yeah. (laughs) So So we get to book three. They Mm -hmm, reach mm -hmm. the convoy reaches the military base that they're going to. And the base commander says, Tracy, you're going to go here. BT, we're going to promote you to here because you you were a cop. And Mike, you were with the mob. Thank you very much for all of your help, all of your sacrifice, everything that you have done heroic to save numerous lives. But we're going to discharge you. You can go home now. We're going to give you a week's worth of food and supplies. See you later. They didn't even give him a reason. He just changed companies, right? Yeah, they went from the 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 base in California uh, where he was in New York was overrun. Yeah, yeah. So they were going to another one, and once they got to that one, Tracy's uncle, who was the base commander in New York, got killed. So when they got to the next base, it you know you had some hard ass lifelong. Yeah politician driven army person saying we're going to do this by the book you were a criminal sorry uh-huh. sorry not sorry here's some stuff don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out but mike uh-huh. ends up going to the talbot compound or talbot household somewhere down south near uh near te- near the tennessee border uh-huh. you know which is which <laughs> is great uh-huh. highly convenient highly convenient yep and he's having He's having fun down there. He ended up meeting his cousin's uh, fiance at the post office, <laughs> which yeah. was kind of hilarious. That guy reminded me. Did you ever see Butch Cassidy in the Sundance Kid? Yeah. The uh, E H the Woodcock, the guy in the train that they keep blowing it up to get the money yeah, out. And he's yeah. like, I, I work for E H Harriman of the Union Pacific Railroad, and you can't come in here. And he's just. The guy's just very by the book. The, uh, the level of dedication. Yeah, the way Clifford was at the post office was just frigging hilarious. I thought it was great. Um, Clifford's on a he's, a, he's a postman. Everybody knows him in town. Everybody knows who he is at the, the other army base. But yeah. he's also a ham radio operator. And there's one guy named Windstar out, out, west, out east that all the ham radio operators all talk to each other. And we can think all the ham operator radio operators are nerds, but when it does come down to it, those are going to be the guys that are going to be relaying the only good information because you don't know if the, the, the military airwaves or the TV or AM band or whatever has been infiltrated by the enemy because they can't speak perfect English that, mm-hmm. you know, who can we trust? Oh, Go to the middle of the country. All military personnel meet here. Is this a trap? Can you trust that? They've heard that story already in this book that they don't know if this is a real thing. Are they just hoarding everybody together to the middle of the country? So it's it's fish in a barrel. So it's easy to do. But when, when Clifford says there's this guy, Windstar, that's kind of this old hippie dude, Windstar is what Tripp called himself in Indian Hill when he was the truck driver when he was on the carnival uh, truck that gave Mike and Tracy a ride or Mike and BT a ride. 
Uh, yeah, I think it was, uh, remember it was that. Tracy, Tracy. Tracy was there too. Yeah, yeah. Gave them a ride in his carnival truck, and he's saying, "Which timeline is this? Which mic are you? You know, all of that. <laughs> that that's Trip Windstar is Trip. That's Trip's CB handle is Windstar. Which, yep, yep. And another thing, which is, if you didn't read the whole Indian Hill series, you just think he's just a crazy guy named Windstar, old hippie dude that sounds like Tommy Chong. But you find out, no, holy shit. I read Indian Hill. I know that Windstar is Trip. Trip is in mm-hmm. this book. That's awesome. I miss Trip. I haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> I love Trip. I really fucking do. Jesus That's another Christ. reason why I'm looking forward to doing ZF because I, I need my Trip fix. I'm I'm jonesing. Yeah, yeah. jonesing for my Trip. You know, <laughs> just like Trip, just like Trip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, and I also found out in this book what the terrible teal machine was. A lot of people have been talking about it in the Facebook group. It's mm-hmm. Some, and Mark is talking about this at other podcasts. Holy crap, Chris is jumping on finally. Yeah. Chris. Can you see me okay? I can see you okay. How are you? Ah, not bad. How are you guys doing? I'm good. Hi, Chris. I thought How you were going to be able to make it on tonight. Oh, um, no, I made it. All so- right, good. Um, so I totally dropped the ball on this. I didn't think you were coming. So me and Amber started at five o'clock. So you're, you're catching the tail end, but you are more welcome to jump on the, the ass end of the show. I'm so sorry, well, dude. I, had, five o'clock. I, I keep forgetting you're an hour ahead or an hour behind me. No, this oh. is all on, this is all on me. It's normally six o'clock and I had two other people cancel and my mind blank thinking, Oh shit. We had a third person that a fifth person that was coming on tonight. So my apologies on this, man. I told, I totally forgot about you. Yeah, not a problem. All right. So, um, <laughs> what did you like about this story? Because you said you wanted to come on that. This is one of your favorite books. So tell me what attracted you about this book. Like it's, it's honestly, it's more realistic than the zombie fallout series. Um, like it, it could happen. Like three of our major allies getting together and nuking us. I will say one thing that really upset me in the book is how many nukes did they set? They set off like five nukes on American soil, and there's zero fallout. Yeah, yeah. Like even the whole part with um over at Yosemite, they said there was some ash cloud, but if Yosemite went up, there would be nuclear fallout. You wouldn't be able oh, to see the sun. It would just be covered totally yeah. in ash. And everything would yeah. go cold. And they talked about it a little bit with Darlene. She's like, oh, it's gotten a little darker and a little colder. And that's all that was said. Correct. So yeah, I was uh, speed reading through the books. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that part kind of kind of made me think and go, you know, hmm, things that make you go, hmm, in this story. But yeah, and how many nukes did they set up? You set off one nuke in a country. That's enough. You know, that's yeah. kind of game over where the the cloud will come over you set one on each coast and you got one in the middle the country's done yeah yeah and i also i didn't blame like i think what what, who did they say like russia and like another country just kind of like backed up no russia russia came over and and china came over but one like a couple of the countries were like "Ah," like canada canada was one of them uh sent like a u-boat and the chinese sank it yeah. Yeah. I so. think it was I think it was very interesting to see like how um like a lot of the countries like, yeah, I'm not going up against China or Russia. Like y'all got y'all got this. Like I'm just hanging out over here. Mm-hmm. Like cool. <laughs> I love that like you the, find the, out the 
go after them next. Yeah. So. I, I love that you find out in book three that the countries that are coming to our aid are Japan, Germany, and was it, I think it was, was France the third one. And it was one of these three countries that BT's like, yeah. is, that's ironic. And you're like, yeah, three countries that we've, we've been to war with are coming to our rescue. Those are our allies in this war now. Yeah. So it's, you know. <laughs> Which is just hilarious. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah. But you gotta, I mean, I think it'd be the same thing. Like, imagine if Russia tried to try to bomb China. Like, are we, like, I'd be surprised if America did something. Yeah, it's true. I'd like not to find out what would happen. I mean, China owes all, owns all of our debt. Like, what? You know, mm. we'd be, I mean, going into real life situations, we'd be crazy to go into a war with China right now. Because they own oh, yeah. all of our debt. You know, that's they just own, yeah. they own a lot of our meatpacking plants too. Yeah, like they own everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 75% crazy. of my house is Chinese. Yeah. So it's, you know, we all gotta exist on this, you know, this marble in the in 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 this in space. So it's everybody's gonna have the differences. Not everybody's gonna look mm -hmm. alike, not everybody's gonna think alike, everybody's gonna have different religious views, everybody's gonna have personal views. But we're all in this together. And the fact that, you know, we had a Red Dawn situation in this story where the three biggest superpowers of, you know, the axis of evil or however you want to call it, even Iran and Venezuela kind of got into it a little bit, where they all got in, they all attacked us at once. Can the U.S. survive an attack all at once from all these three major superpowers? That got me thinking about that. Big time. And it kind of scared me a little bit at night thinking to myself, shit, this could really happen if Mark is writing a friggin' blueprint for our enemies to come over here and attack us. God damn you, Mark Tufo. Re recall the book. Recall yeah, it's the your book. Fault, dude. <laughs> at least he's got this out there. So now the government can, you know, kind of look at the book and go, oh, well, let's protect these. Yeah. <laughs> these three you, books should you, be on the banned book list. No. <laughs> any book on the band book list is a book worth reading yeah pretty much um, yeah pretty much uh i think that's a good question uh what do you think chris do you think the um united states could uh survive something like this happening oh i don't know i oh, i want to say yes but like yellowstone goes that's that takes out most of the midwest probably take out me i'm in iowa so iowa yep. nebraska right oh. there so yeah, it was nice knowing you, Chris. Sorry. I'm glad we had this chance to talk when we did. But yeah, <laughs> the middle of the country uh, must be gone because Yosemite's, uh, uh, Yellowstone's a super volcano. I've watched yeah. numerous documentaries on that. And it's just, if that goes, it's it's hell on earth. And it'll affect oh, the heard. entire planet. That's what I don't yeah. think. That's just it. Like it, all the ash and that clear uh, going up and blocking out the sun. Like that's gonna that's not just gonna impact us, that's gonna impact over China's gonna feel that too. Yep. I mean, what was that? There was that one volcano, was it Iceland or Greenland or whatever it was a couple of years ago that was erupting and air traffic control was grounded almost globally. You know, we felt the effects of it. We saw the smoke. It was kind of like the uh, the Canadian wildfires down here or up here or over here, wherever we are, that our sky was kind of orange some mornings mm -hmm. because of the Canadian mm -hmm. wildfires, because of the winds, the winds are going to take those. When that volcano erupted a couple of years ago, it was kind of a disaster. You felt that. And that was just one volcano. 
you add a volcano and three nukes all in the same month, you're screwed. Yeah. Uh, well, I got a, I don't know if you guys have BJ's where you guys are at. So we have one of those literally right up the street from where we're at. I'm hitting that bitch up. So <laughs> I'm not my truck. I, look, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a conspiracy nut. We have, we literally have a second floor apartment just for that reason. I'm mm-hmm. tossing my, my couch over the front of the, of my banister. So it blocks the door and can't nobody climb up to the second floor. Like I am parking my ass. I like being in my house in there anyway. Like, you just gave me a reason to do it anyway. Like, I'm going one shot out, one (laughs) shot back. Like, that's it. We're not going to go check anything the fuck out. None of I got to know what the hell we're doing. Like, Mm -hmm. no, we are we are doing one run and one run only, and then we're we're out from there. Like, mm -mm. yeah, Chris. Chris, what did you think about the the two different storylines in this story? You know, I, I I really like the story of Darlene. I'm I'm a I'm a sucker for a strong female lead. Uh, one of my favorite shows growing up with Buffy. So that yep. tells you anything. Ditto. Yep. Ditto. Do you oh, see them doing the- a an audio book, uh, audio drama Buffy on Audible? What? Yeah, Audible, <laughs> like they did with the Sandman. They're doing a a Buffy universe audio drama podcast with like all these celebrities and stuff doing voices. Wow. Yeah, and it's coming I'm not, up soon. Not- not to be like too quick, but just the input on your favorite show being Buffy. Another reason I knew I should I was gay earlier. I was obsessed with fucking Buffy. Obsessed. Like I fucking love that show. Yeah, it's a great show. The, I the, hate horror movies, and I watched The Grudge because Sarah Michelle Geller was in it. Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little bit more obsessed to be. You got that. Yep. 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 <laughs> So, uh, sorry, Chris, you were saying, so you like the strong female lead part of Darlene, which I do too. And you find out she's a Talbot. So that explains why she's a strong female in this book. Oh yeah. So, uh, I liked it. Um, I did, I, I went super fan and I reached out to, uh, Mark to find out when book four was coming out. We're not going to, it doesn't sound like we're going to get a book four. No, we're not. There will not be a book for this. There's, there's too many um, scheduling conflicts. You know, what what yep. he has said in the past about this. So it, it ends on book three. Unfortunately, people, um, I wish he would just do a book four or a, a continuation, like a distance or a, a, a liking yeah, style like Mike, set in the like future a little bit with just the Mike timeline. Because um, they're all together now, so it doesn't like they're not splitting up again. So see, like, they they came together in Mark's story, but on Armin's story, it was kind of like flashbacks where Darlene is still with the other people. Yeah, that, can, that yeah. confused me at the end. It seemed like they were trying to wrap it up, and Mark was like, "All right, let's get them together. Come on, come on, come on, come on." Yeah, and yeah. Armin was still doing his thing on his story, saying, "No, no, no, we're going to finish it this way." That confused me a little bit. And, that's why I kind of when I when I when I first read this series the first time I said, "Oh, this is probably what's happened." There, the stories are conflicting now. Something's not something. The, the kids aren't playing nice in the pool together. Something's going on, and what's going to happen? And then it just ends, and you find out there's not going to be a book four. So it's being a conspiracy theorist. You think about it, like something happened. You know, mm-hmm. possibly mm-hmm. who knows? I wasn't, I wasn't mad at that though. I wouldn't no. have at that though. I'm fine. I, I liked I how say. they ended it. They ended it perfectly. I, I think they ended it great. You know, they end up going to the White House and spoiling the the whole. I think it's great that Russia and China, the two teams that that teamed up to fight us, are fighting over who's going to take control of Washington D.C. 
you know, it's mm-hmm. so the bad guys are fighting amongst each other and it's let's, let's do dissent within the ranks and try to get the Russians to fight the Chinese. And maybe we get a chance to, to come in around the back and, and, and hit him with the hook, you know? <sighs> yeah. It would be Michael Talbot, Michael Talbot, who is a petty street <laughs> criminal who saved the world from a nuclear apocalypse. It yep. fucking would be. <laughs> I like this mic. Like this mic, I thought I felt he was he was wittier and he was funnier than in the zombie books. Like he was good in the zombie books, but he was just cracking them constantly in this one, back and forth, especially with BT. A lot more um I felt it was a little more adversarial. I, I think I butchered that word. I butcher yeah, words all the time. I think the, the, I think the I'm BT Mike the BT Mike story in the banter in this one I think is the some of the best he's written. Yeah, definitely. I, I I think also because like Mike doesn't have a wife and three kids, like he's literally thrown into this as a single guy running around like a net. And he's in his twenties. It's a more of an Indian Hill style Mike. Facts. So he has a little. He's a little bit more reckless. Yeah, yeah. He has nothing to lose, and yeah. he's even said so this. He's like. Boston's been been nuked. I have no family. What the hell am I doing this for? You know, why why am I fighting? And it's, you know, I got he wants Tracy. He wants to to start a relationship with her. And, you know, he he wants to be with her. And she's really his only reason for going on and continuing in this series. <laughs> Literally the only reason. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I get yeah, it though. Her, him and uh BT would have bailed a long time ago. They would have went off to Florida to find his wife. Oh yeah, if they could have made it. I mean, BT tried to make it, and yeah. he, got tur- he got turned around. So I'm kind uh, of wondering what their whatever. what their route is that they're doing in this book because they start in New York, but they're kind of making their way toward the middle of the country and down to the south because you find out that um, is it this book that they go to Memphis and Memphis has been bombed and he meets Elvis, or is that a different series? What? Am I thinking of? I have no idea. What, when did that happen? All right. Maybe it's a different series. I didn't, I never, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't finish the end of, of book three and it, that's my bad. Um, this week, I just got caught Perfect. up with other stuff, but which story is it? Oh shit. I'm thinking, sorry, my bad. I'm thinking of a totally different zombie series. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't think that. <laughs> Was that zombie land? No. It was uh, after Z that it happens. It's my second favorite zombie apocalypse series, which is a really great story. If you guys are looking for something else to, to quench your thirst until 21 comes out. I was, uh, I'm a fan of uh, the Mountain Man series. That's a really good zombie series. I'll take a look at that one. Definitely. So um, as we wrap up, final thoughts on this one. Amber, what do you think? Yeah. I'm not mad that I read it, but I could have lived my life without reading it. Okay. I mean, again, I love Mike. I love BT. Um, I love Tracy's character. All that. Great. I mean, I just, it's not one of my face. Okay. Chris, what do you say? Uh, I Like I said, I, it's one of my favorite series. I, I love this, and I'm very disappointed that there's not going to be more books, because mm-hmm. I love to see where the storyline goes. Like, even Tracy, I think Tracy's even more of a badass in this series than she is in the, at least in the beginning of the zombie fallout. Cause in the beginning of the zombie fallout, she didn't really know how to like, she, she talks about going to the gun range a couple times with Mike, 
but not really being that familiar with guns. Whereas this one, she is an absolute badass. So well, she's military. Have you not, have you not read Indian Hill? I, I have read it. She's a badass in Indian Hill too. Okay. Yeah. Let's make it. Yeah. Yeah. The ZF Tracy is more of the housewife Tracy. That Absolutely. becomes a badass later on because of necessity where the Indian Hill and the apocalypse Tracy is already in the military. And Mike is, you know, the civilian, like Ooh, a woman in uniform. Hey, and she's a redhead. I like that kind of thing. And Mike goes out, which is just great. I love the character of, of Michael Talbot. I, I think he's literally my favorite literary character that's ever been created. And you know, that's why I created a whole podcast about it to, to talk about it with other people like you guys. Cause I got no one else yeah. to talk to him about. Cause everybody goes, who the hell's Michael Talbot? What the fuck are you talking about, dude? I'm like, no, like, this okay, is so guy. Let, uh, he's, he's a germaphobe in the middle of a zombie apocalypse who hates ham. Okay. Yep. Follow along. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what was that, Chris? Oh, he hates cherry flavored anything. Yep. Mm -hmm. Not just yep. pop tart. When he was uh, stuck in the <laughs> found he found that uh, that was what series was that the the alternate world series where shrouded everything world. was ham yeah shrouded world everything was ham and cherry flavored and it was it was a nightmare for him yeah it's like mm -hmm. Woody Harrelson in Zombieland where he just wants a uh a snow I mean, not a snowball what does he want he he wants something a Twinkie and they yep. come across the hostess truck and it's just full of snowballs. <laughs> <laughs> That would be no, my one. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, guys, I want to thank you for coming on. Chris, again, I apologize for the miscommunication on that, but we're doing zombie uh, fallout starting in uh, next week. So I want to have you back on, dude. Definitely, if, if, you, if you want to. You got an open well, invitation to join us. I'll be in Jamaica next week on my honeymoon. So, nice. well, there's congratulations. congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. But so. there's, there's, going to be 21 books that we're going to be going through actually 23 because there's 3.5 and zombie fallout zero so we're going to be doing this campaign for quite a while each week we're going book by book like we oh. did here so uh we'll reach out and have you back on if you're watching this or listening to this thank you for joining us uh we got amber smith and chris simpson i keep forgetting everybody's names and on the audio side they can't mm -hmm. see who's talking i'm like Maybe they just listen enough. They know it's Amber's voice by now, you know? <laughs> but when I have somebody new, Christopher Simpson uh, was new last week, and he was gracious enough to join us again this week. Uh, follow the podcast, the Facebook page, Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. Give us a rating and review on whatever platform you listen to us on. It does help. It comes up in the little suggestion things, which is how I found the zombie apocalypse series. It just says, Hey, you might like this story if you like this story. So let's try to get the word out there. Let's try to get the books of Mark Tufo out there to as many people as we can, because we love these stories. We love these characters yeah. and we love this man for writing these stories for us. That brings us so much joy in our lives. Thank you so much. So <laughs> much. Joy. So guys, thank you all again. Thank you so much. And uh, have a good night, Chris. Congratulations on your honeymoon. I'm actually going to be in Jamaica next August for my daughter-in-law's wedding. So let me know how it is. Where, uh, where are you guys staying? Uh, I want to say Montego Bay. That's where we're going to the sandals all inclusive. Uh, it's not the sandals. It's one of the adults only resorts. But yeah. Nice. That's Smart, the, that's, that's the one we're going to the adults only. So yeah, yeah you and I are going to have a conversation, buddy. All right. Absolutely. Can't wait. Oh. 
So, all right. That's good. <laughs> Thank you all. Have a good night. You too. See ya. Bye. You have been listening to the Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. Copyright 2023 by Chestnut Hill Studios. Hosted by Jeff Royds. Technical advisor, Mary Napoli. Music by Burnt Ends. The Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast, is property of Chestnut Hill Studios, and no part of the show can be remixed, rewind, remastered, rebroadcasted without the express written consent of Chestnut Hill Studios. Follow the show on Facebook at the Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. If you like the show, please give us a five-star rating and review. It does help other people find the show. Make sure to check out all the other titles from Mark Tufo at marktufo.com or at audible.com. Or if you're one of those people that still buys books, they are all available up at Amazon. And they'll be delivered to your house, which is convenient. That is the end of the show. You may now go about your normal day.